Luke 17, 11 to 19. On the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by 10 lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give thanks or give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. First of all, as the week of Thanksgiving comes upon us, I pray that you would take this time to acknowledge God's good gifts to all of you. Uh, the providential gifts that you have, uh, the clothes that God gives you, the food that God gives you, the shelter, uh, opportunities that we have here living in the United States of America as well. All have been given to us to steward by God, to bring him glory, to love him, to help others as well. But also remember to give thanks to the Lord for his salvific blessings as well. You have been called now sons and daughters of the living God. You acknowledge Jesus as your savior. You hear your shepherd's voice and you come running in obedience to him. Your love for him has been given to you by faith and through faith and faith alone to acknowledge Jesus to be the son of God. We have much to be thankful for. And we continue out of this thanksgiving, this power of thanksgiving that the spirit gives us um, to go forth, to do his will, to be on the mission, to make his name known to the ends of the earth that all peoples may see that, well, God is the Lord of heaven, that through Jesus all things have been made, that the Spirit will do his work and convince men and women that God and God alone deserve all glory, honor, and praise. We travel backwards a little bit in our study of the gospel of Luke. And we come to, we return to the point where Jesus is returning to Jerusalem. He's returning because he knows that his final mission will, will be to be judged by men. His final mission will be to be crucified on that cross, to take the sins of humanity of his children to take upon himself the wrath of God. But before he does so, he is traveling between Samaria and Galilee. And we know that Samaria is the, the place where um, Jews had intermarried. So Samaritans were people who are half Jewish and sort of half other. There were half breeds according um, to the Jewish people and the Israelites. They themselves were not privileged to all the covenants and promises of God. In fact, the Samaritans had their own Pentateuch. 
The Samaritans had their own mountain upon which they worshipped, and, and not Mount Zion, where the temple of God was being built. And so we know that Jesus cared for those outside of the promises of God, those who were not Jewish, the Gentiles. And we know that Jesus was traveling from there on the way down to Galilee. And on the way down, 10 lepers met him. Now, we don't know the nationalities of all 10 of these lepers. But we do know that these lepers were outcast from the Jewish people. If you go back to the book of Leviticus, Leviticus 13 and Leviticus 14, you will see the, the laws there about people who have leprosy. If you are deemed to have leprosy, you are cast out of Israel to live sort of a nomadic lifestyle with other lepers. The leprosy is, is, a, is a terrible disease, is a terrible affliction. When we think of leprosy, we think of, of boils and, and skin diseases and and sort of, uh, you know, these boils, you know, um, being cut and pus coming out everywhere. And, and that's true. Uh, leprosy was a skin disease. But more than that, leprosy also sort of attacked the, the nervous system as well. Leprosy, leprosy attacks nervous systems such that you can't feel anything anymore. So if you were put your hand to a fire, you wouldn't feel anything. And you look at your hand, your hand would be burned or scarred. Or perhaps you're, you're cooking and you're, and you're cutting vegetables really quickly and, and you cut your finger and you don't notice and you can't feel anything. We can think of people who are blind as people who can't see. People who are deaf as people who can't hear but people who have leprosy as people who can't feel. And we know from Scripture that the spiritual condition of, of spiritual blindness, this means we can't, we can't see and understand the Lord. The condition of spiritual deafness is that we can't hear God's word or we can't hear God's voice. Well, leprosy also is symbolic of our spiritual condition that we can't feel or sense God's presence. We are those people who look upon God's laws and read them. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make an idol in the shape of God. Thou shalt well love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. In our hearts feel nothing. And we break those laws easily. Without thought of how holy and righteous they are. And so this physical condition of leprosy. These people were cast out. And they were cast out because... It was a reminder to the Jewish people of their own spiritual blindness. But there was also another reason they were cast out. You see, for the Jewish people, 
the ideal of wholeness or completeness or shalom was a huge concept. They wanted the, the nation of Israel, God's promised people, to look whole, to look complete. And anything that was contrary to that had to be cast out. There's a really interesting passage in Leviticus where it says that if someone has leprosy and that leprosy actually turns them all white, the skin disease, it actually turns them all white. Even though they have that disease, if they're all white, they're allowed to return. They're still whole. And so for the people of Israel, yes. We acknowledge that the skin, the skin disease, the lack of a properly working nervous system, the fallenness there had to be acknowledged. But what the people of God really wanted more than physical healing was the completeness and wholeness that God had offered to his people. Now, these 10 lepers also, living this life of being outcasts, were, were charged that whenever they would come close to someone who was clean, to another Israelites, they had to scream or, or yell before them, unclean, unclean. That's right. Anytime someone came around them, they had to warn the other people and say, unclean, unclean, so that the people who were clean, quote-unquote, the Israelites, the Jewish people, would, be, would know to stay away from them and to walk away from them. What a life of loneliness, of misery, with almost no hope. There were no medicines back then. And even during the time of the Israelites in, in the book of Leviticus, there was no cure. These lepers simply prayed and hoped for God's mercy to heal them and to cure them. And so imagine when he met these 10 leopards who stood at a distance, most likely said, unclean, unclean, but added to that, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Lord, Jesus, Rabbi, have mercy on us. Now, there was no need for the lepers to say anything more. Everyone knew what the wish of the leopard was, was to be healed. Was to be healed and to be able to be restored into the community of believers. To be able to go back and see their families to no longer be a pariah to their kinfolk. Jesus says something interesting to them. He doesn't say, be healed. He doesn't, as we see, as we see do, do to other people, go and, and touch them. 
and say, by the power of the Lord, you are healed. But he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. So Jesus is actually referring back to, to Leviticus chapter 14. You see, for the Israelites, there was no cure for leprosy. However, if the leper believed that he was cured, if he believed or he knew that this disease had gone away, he was to show himself to the priest. And the priest was to examine him. And the priest examined him and said, you know what? You no longer have leprosy. You know what? You're, you're whole. You know what? I will declare you now as clean. And that declaration by the priest, you are clean, enabled him to return to the people of God, return to his family. And he was then to offer sacrifices to the Lord in thanksgiving for the healing that he had received. Verse 15. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, We're not ten cleansed. We're on the nine. Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now there were ten lepers, and only one returned to Jesus to give thanks to him. Now there are some commentators who will say, What about the other nine? What was wrong with them? Did they just sort of forget that Jesus healed them? Did the other nine sort of think, well, it wasn't Jesus who healed me. It was just a miracle. God did something to me. But imagine, right? Jesus tells you, present yourself before the priests. And as you walk on your way, You start to get sensation in your fingertips again. The boils start to melt away. And you feel yourself being cleansed. This is the grace and mercy that Jesus had upon these people, all 10 of them. I actually don't think that these nine other leopards did anything completely wrong. Let me put it that way. They just did what Jesus told them. They were being healed. So they presented themselves to the priest. They, they went all the way to present themselves to the priest to be declared clean, to enter back into society. And I'm sure that they presented the sacrifice that Luke, that Leviticus chapter 14 um, declares that they must do, and they gave praise to God. But there's something else that was going on here. These 10 lepers 
and the people of the world knew that this Jesus had the power to heal. And the question was simply, is this power from Jesus the prophet by which he declares to God, bring healing upon these people? Or is Jesus himself the source of all healing and the source of all power? This is where you see God or Jesus is showing the Israelites that it's not necessary to be a Jew to find Jesus. It's not necessary to have be an Israelite, to, to have all the promises of Abraham, to have the temple, to offer sacrifices, to know God. Because Jesus is God himself. And the Samaritan recognized that. It's a curious thing. He disobeyed Jesus, but in disobeying him, he acknowledged exactly what Jesus wanted him to acknowledge. That he is the Savior who has come to save the world, to bring healing not only to leprosy, but to bring healing to all who believe in him. So he turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his feet at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. This Samaritan half-breed acknowledges Jesus and gives praise and thanksgiving unto him. And he wonders, Jesus wonders, where were the other nine? Yes, they obeyed the letter of the law. But they could not see. They spiritually could not sense and understand that Jesus was the power of God and the one who came to save. They went backwards to their promises and covenants instead of forwards to the one who fulfills them and promises eternal life to all. Lastly, in verse 19, Jesus says a curious thing to the leopard. He says, rise and go your, well, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Listen to that. Your, your, your faith has made you well. I believe that the other nine lepers were healed. I do. I don't think on the way that because they didn't return, Jesus says, okay, no more healing for you. That, Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus heals all people who come to him, regardless if they acknowledge him as a savior. Now, there is a warning from Jesus that, listen, don't just come to me for physical healing, but come to me for spiritual healing. For if you don't come to me for spiritual healing, 
well, something worse is going to happen to you than your physical ailments that you have been experiencing. But here in this passage, Jesus acknowledges that in this leopard, that the healing came because he understood who Jesus was. There was a personal recognition that Jesus was the one who healed him, and a personal recognition, I believe, that Jesus is the one who came to save him. He is the one that the, the Samaritans were, were waiting for, and, and the Israelites as well. And Jesus commended him for his faith. And so not only was he healed physically, but his faith enabled him to see Jesus as he really is. Brothers and sisters, we are the people with, with spiritual leprosy, all of us. None of us knows God, not one of us. None of us senses God's all-powerful presence, his salvific presence. None of us. All of us look upon Jesus, and, and at times we, we know the stories, and we know his love. We know what he has done, and yet our hearts are, are, are hard at times. We, set, we, we fail to feel. And yet, God in his grace and his mercy, by his spirit, enables us over and over again to repent and to acknowledge our inability to sense God. And by his spirit, he awakens us over and over again, many times. So that when we see that we have sinned against him and, and our hearts bleed, to see that when we have wronged him and, and to sense that we are spiritually dead, that God is able to awaken us and heal us to follow him. Every good thing that God has given us comes through Christ himself. And it is to Christ that we give all thanks and all glory. For those of you who've um, been able to watch American Gospel Christ alone with me, or perhaps you've seen it on your own. There's this one line that, that sticks with me. It's, uh, did you marry God for God, or did you marry God for his money? In other words, did you marry God because he's God? Did you believe in God because he's God? Or did you believe in God because of the good things that he could give you? We are thankful for God because he is God. We are thankful for Jesus because he is Jesus.
turn to him and him alone. May you know his eternal love for you. And may this week of thanksgiving and everything that you give thanks for be marked with giving all glory to Christ himself. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we praise you and we worship you. You are a God who blesses almost indiscriminately, Lord God, as it seems in Scripture. But each healing that you do in Scripture has a purpose. It is to remind us that you, Jesus, are the healer of our souls. That physical healing, albeit it's something we long for, is still not to be compared with our spiritual healing and the salvation that we have received. We are lepers, Lord God. We are people who are cutting, cutting off our noses and our ears. We are people who are dying in our hearts without even feeling and seeing it. But you, O oh Lord, are the one who heals us and regenerates us and gives us, Lord, the hope and the love of Christ. And it is in Jesus and Jesus alone that we are made new again. And so, yes, we, we give thanks for all the things, material things that you've given us. Yes, we give thanks for, for family members. Yes, we give thanks for friends. Yes, we give thanks for all the, all the good things that you've bestowed upon us. But Lord, we give thanks for you and you alone above all else. For we know that all these good things will fade away. That all these good things only have its true meaning in you. And so, Lord God, help us to honor you. Never be ashamed of you. Declare your name to all peoples that they too may give thanks to you as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.